What's up, everybody? We're back. It's Chris and Dan with another episode here on the Pens Blog, the Chris and Dan podcast on the Pens Blog. Hi, Dan. Hi, Chris. Yeah, wonderful to be back here once again, uh, talking Penguins hockey with you. Uh, it's it'll be an interesting episode. I'm just I'm just gonna say that there's a there's a lot of things that uh, to cover, a lot of things to go over, a lot of different storylines. This is going to be an interesting, one of our more interesting episodes in recent weeks, I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes. How's how's life been for you though? Before we get to some uh, some some Pittsburgh puck talk, if you will. Oh, there's a oh, see, there's a little one in there. Some people might know that one. Yeah, go find that on Facebook. <laughs> um, <clears throat> life is good. Um, I ju- I had a uh, my final uh, in grad school. Last night, we're recording this on Wednesday night, as we always do. Um, so, to be honest, since we last recorded, I have, aside from watching the select few Penguin games that have happened, mm-hmm. I have tuned out from the rest of the National Hockey League. And okay. you did a fine job of putting together um, a list of topics for us to discuss on the dock for this week. And... I agree with you in that this is going to be an interesting episode because, um, you know, I've kind of like seen a tweet here, seen a headline there, but not really dove deep into it. Sure. And uh, yeah, there's obviously some interesting rumors, storylines. The Penguins have a big week coming up and uh, it looks like um, it looks like there's a lot to figure out about this team, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that is the the best way to put it. And wrapping up finals week for you just in time, which we'll get to you know get to later in the episode, is for some uh, late night hockey, our favorite time of year, West Coast road trip. So you can stay up a little bit later for those games. So that's coming up uh, coming up here this week as well. We always we always love those. Are you going to be done and wrapped up with with finals work by Thursday at ten p.m.? Uh, yes. Okay, there you go. You got the Well, that's the plan. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, Sounds good. We'll see. One one assignment left, but the the big the big uh, hurdle is is in the rearview mirror. Okay. Um All right, well, let's look at uh what we have lined up here for this episode. Um Obviously, as we do every week, we'll talk about what happened most recently uh in the Penguins games and most recently um, in our last episode, we were talking about the Penguins doing what they should do, uh, took care of Buffalo in a couple games, um, in, and in pretty, um, emphatic fashion. Yeah. Uh, since then things have not gone so well, one and three over the past four games. Um, and, uh, not, not the type of record you'd expect for overall a, uh, extended homestand at PPG Paints Arena. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Matt Murray looks like he's set to return on Thursday. <clears throat> we can talk about his expected return as well as the performance of Tristan Jari. Um, rumors about Jim Rutherford and how he feels about the Penguins right now and what he may or may not do, which include a slew of rumors and, um, I guess, speculation. Uh, so we'll dig into all of that. And uh, we also have Tommy Kunockle is injured. Uh Dominic Simon has been Simone. Here's the thing. Here we go again. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> this isn't. Th- this is not Dominic Simone's fault. But when Dupre, yes, when Mister Dupre, <laughs> Mister Dupre, yes, when Mister Dupre <laughs> was in Pittsburgh. Um, Everybody screwed his name up so much that he told everybody to just call him Simon. Because there's like Simone and Simon. And like yeah. Simon is, I believe, the the male name. And Simone is the 
is the female like the the female gender you know mm-hmm. uh, version of the name. So I don't know that we're even calling this kid by the right name, but I'll go with it for now. Okay, um, that's fair. <laughs> we'll talk about forward depth uh, and. Like Dan said, Penguins set to go on a Western, uh, a West Coast road trip. So we'll talk about the games coming up. All that and more coming your way. Uh, quickly, before we do, we want to thank Rum Runners for sponsoring this episode. Uh, that's Rum Runners Saloon, located at 3385 Babcock Boulevard in Ross Township. Um, we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Uh, look up the Pens blog on places like Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Hit subscribe and you'll get. Our episodes the uh, the second they're released, Dan. There you go. That's right. The instant second. It's very quick. Um, what else? We are on social media. Uh, Dan is on Twitter at SteelCityDan22, and I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. That's where we talk hockey throughout the week, and then we come on this episode, uh, or we come on this podcast and record an episode every Wednesday night, which we're doing right now. And I'll I'll throw a saucer pass your way. Okay. And let you decide the first topic. Ooh, yeah. A, That's a some myriad. radio shit right there. Do you like that? That was really, that was high quality they stuff right there. They get legit proud of, 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 of segues like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no shortage of topics to go with here on today's episode. But let's let's just get into the most recent and I think the biggest problem overall, which kind of leads into these other headlines and stories about what's what's going on lately. What the hell is happening here with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Like you mentioned, demolished Buffalo in the home and home uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they had the game against the Rangers, which we spoke about in last week's episode, uh, losing at home. But ever since then... You had the Penguins have a win in overtime against the New York Islanders and then losing to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche at home most recently on Monday night, uh, a team that they will see once again within the next couple of days on the road. Uh, Like you said, that's not how you want to finish your homestand out going 2-3-0. One of the wins having to come in overtime. You know, it's just... Trying to figure out, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on here, what's wrong, what needs to happen. We're gonna get into, we're gonna get into Tristan Jari, but I don't think that's the overlying problem here over these last couple of games, this stretch. So that's definitely not a place to start. Uh, but you know, earlier in the season, it was five on five scoring, um, and the power play was working. Now that's kind of rebalanced out, where the power play is having a little bit of trouble. They're scoring more five on five, but you're not getting it from the bottom six. Uh, some of those guys have scored a little bit more recently. Riley Sheehan, Carl Haglin have scored, uh, but their starts weren't great this past week, especially the start against Toronto. Tristan Jari not even getting to see all of that game. Um, and then again, you, you play. They played really well against Colorado. They had a number of shots on goal. Just weren't getting the bounces, and that, that's a team that you shouldn't struggle with that much. Um, so it's been it's been difficult to get a pulse on this, Chris. It doesn't seem to be an overlying issue anymore. Like I mentioned, those were issues that had kind of gone on for stretches of time. It almost seems like nightly there's something different wrong with this team that they have to try to make up for. Yeah, you know, I think it still comes down to probably the uh, bottom six depth, though, because... I, I feel like in past years, if one of the lines wasn't going or, you, you know, you rung a couple off the post from your top line and and uh, and, and were a little snake bitten, you know, for, for one player or uh, a line or two, in the past you had four lines that could legitimately contribute. And I, the, the Penguins just don't have that. Uh, Riley Sheehan looks like a fourth-line center playing third-line third, third line center. I mean, he just does. Uh, Carl Hagelin can't put the puck in the back of the net. He creates a lot of chances. Uh, he's valuable on the forecheck, you know, the penalty kill. So, I mean, he's out there doing good things. Um, but they got a lot of players like that on the bottom six that I feel like are doing some good things. But um, there's not enough to put it together consistently. And therefore, you're relying on your top two lines every night. And if they have an off night or if they get a little snake bitten, um, like 
you know, for instance, was it uh, was it Toronto where they had four off the post, or was that a different game, or was that Colorado? I think that was the Toronto game Toronto. where they kept hitting off the post. Yeah, they had yeah. a couple against Colorado, that, but yeah, it, it was a it was a glaring issue against Toronto. Yeah, so I mean, if you get if you got one guy or one line that's a little snake bitten, not getting the bounces, um, you'd like to be able to throw Nick Benino out there, you know, on the third yeah. line. Uh, or, or hell, Matt Cullen. You could put Matt Cullen in in any center spot at any time of the game, um, and it could potentially work out for you. And more often than not, it t- typically did. So, the, the bottom six, just in in my opinion, is not nearly as strong or as deep. Uh, and and predominantly, I'm talking about as far as offensive potential, scoring potential goes. Um, and I think that affects the entire lineup. Uh, you know, I there are different things you can nitpick at, but that, uh, it, uh, like you kind of mentioned, it's one thing one night, one thing another night. But the the one constant that I see is just that you don't have a bottom six that's nearly as good as it had been the previous two years. Yeah, there's no doubt that that has been one of the more consistent issues that hasn't. You know, it's been you know here and there, but not not consistent enough where it isn't a problem anymore. And, and, you know, that'll kind of get into our Jim Rutherford discussion here in a little bit. But, you know, we're into that point of the season where, you know, people are starting to get a little bit a little bit nervous. Um, you know, Ian Cole had a, had a quote after Monday's game, you know, talking about how people were preaching patience early on. Um, here, I have the quote here in front of me. Um, he said, I think we certainly need to evaluate what's going on and why we're losing games, especially here at home where we've traditionally been very good. We need to figure this out. We need to figure it out in a hurry. People were preaching patience early on, but now it's getting to the point when if we didn't feel an urgency to figure it out, then we certainly should now. Um, I think that was put and said perfectly by Ian Cole, where here we are into December where I believe the yeah. Penguins currently are on the outside looking in at a playoff spot. They are. And you're right. They absolutely are. Thankfully, they're in a division where they're still, you know, in a very close reach of first place in the division, honestly. But you're into the point here in the middle of December now where you can't be playing this inconsistently and this this poorly, especially at home and especially against bad teams. You know, not getting bounces. You have that every once in a while, but it can't be a consistent excuse and, you know, they need to be able to figure things out here quickly or else something is go- drastically going to have to be done. Um, I think I think going into this season, we were a little skeptical about the departures and especially like the Beninos and Collins, like you mentioned there, but felt strong enough that there may be enough pieces still there that this team should not really take many steps back uh, if so, maybe just a few until, you know, the issue heading into the season was filling the third line center role. Well, Jim Rutherford goes out and makes a trade, uh, one that I like. I think a lot, one that a lot of other people liked. It was just more of a change of environment for Riley Sheehan. He's come along a little bit more now, getting used to the system. But still, here we are. We sit here. This team, I think, is good enough to win, to play better than they are. They're just not doing it. Is that, you know, is it coaching uh, there's some puck luck involved. It's it's really hard to to figure that out. You know, Mike Sullivan has been fantastic in working around problems in the past, but it seems like this is his biggest challenge. Clearly, he's faced so far as the uh, the head man behind the bench for the Penguins. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it, it is, and hockey's a funny sport. You know, puck puck luck is a thing that nobody can control, and it decides mm-hmm. games sometimes. But it it um. It doesn't make the Penguins not show up for the first ten minutes of a game against Toronto, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, there, there is. Uh, you mentioned the word, and you may have mentioned it by quoting Ian Cole, the word urgency. And I, you know, we're talking about how we went into the season thinking about this team, thought they'd be at least fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they certainly still have a wealth of talent. I went into the season thinking, you know, I won't be surprised after two straight uh, cup runs if this team is a little bit disinterested in November hockey, in October right. hockey. 
Um, now we're in the middle of, the, of December, and you know, I'll be honest with you that that game going into that Toronto game that that and somebody wrote about I forget who wrote the preview on Penn's blog that day. Uh, but they wrote, you know, this we're, we're at the time where hockey just starts to mean a little bit more, and this game feels like a, a bigger game than we've had in a while. And I thought so too. Part of me was mad at myself for thinking that because I, I still don't know that Toronto has done enough to make them be that type of a team that I get that sure. amped up yeah. for. But um, nevertheless, it was the case. And, and this is the time of year. We, we've talked, I think we talked about it, at least mentioned it a little bit last episode. Uh, when you get around the holidays, that's um, it's a prime time for Jim Rutherford to make moves. It's also a prime time to start, you know, rounding into form. Uh, the Penguins aren't doing it. I don't think it is uh, time to panic necessarily. I do think it it it's not a horrible time to think about making a move. Um, I I think though that we're at the point in the season now where the urgency for the team needs to kick in, and and if they are playing with urgency right now and losing games and that's a huge that's a huge issue uh the fact that they they didn't show up to start the toronto game makes me think they're still not necessarily thinking they're in an urgent type of situation um so i would like to see the urgency kick in a little bit for the penguins and see how they respond and see what their level of play looks like um and then kind of you know evaluate what the team needs from there but I think regardless of, you know, the sense of urgency and how that would translate to them winning or losing games, it's still clear to me again that, I mean, they got to do something on the bottom six. It's just not, it's not good enough. It's not nearly good enough. Yeah. And I think kind of alluding to what you were saying there, where, you know, not playing inspired, being real motivated in the month of November, this team hasn't gotten a lot of time off in the off season over the past two seasons, obviously and they don't need to play their best hockey in October and November and in December, but they're nowhere near they where they thought they would be. And I think they thought they could just flip a switch. I do. I think they thought they could just easily turn it up when they needed to, not only within the season, but within a game mm-hmm. and take care of things when they need to, because they've had to do that, you know, to the highest level the past two years to become Stanley cup champions. And even with pieces moving in and out, they thought that they could do that, and they clearly have not been able to, and that's not as easy as it once was, as they once thought. Uh, even with you know Matt Murray not being in the lineup, they still, again, that has that is not the issue. That's not an excuse this time around. And and you're right, I think, in the kind of if we just want to kind of float into this other topic, which we've been you know hinting at and and alluding to here is. What Jim Rutherford has said recently as Wednesday, uh, the day we're recording this, um, you know, the team's out in in Vegas for the big game against the Golden Knights on Thursday. But Jim Rutherford had some quotes saying that he's uh, he was disappointed with the homestand and that it's they're coming up to a critical point where he will make a decision whether or not he needs to shake things up can i can um, I just before you go through the rest of it can yeah. i just say something um you never know with jim rutherford or any other gm what what negotiations are happening right now um but putting putting in telling the press that essentially you're desperate uh is not going to help you leverage a trade you're right you're right. That's a that's a great point. It's not you know, my putting thing to read in a paper. Yeah, putting that out there. Yeah, give it reduces your leverage in in anything. Yeah, uh, you want to be the team that's cruising along fine, and that can you know be aggressive because that's the perception. No matter what, instead of you know preaching, oh, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. This team's going to figure it out. Uh, it's a great point uh, by you as well. But yeah, he definitely put it out there that he's he, he's close to that point and that they're starting to slip in the wrong direction. So what he said, uh, he has to watch real close. He wasn't going to get into names and lists of who was untouchable, but um, he does not think it's unreasonable to think a major trade could come out of this. Like you said, now that the Penguins are on the outside looking at the uh, playoff picture. So um, 
I think that's what you and I expect to say on a podcast like this, that a major trade is necessary. But yeah, I don't know if you want your general manager saying that for the reason that you pointed out, but I think it's definitely leaning that way. Um, you know, I think we can learn a lot with this road trip coming up. What against... constitutes major for, for you? Like, what do you think when he says, or when anybody says a major trade? I don't think it would. it's going to be something as simple as a you know, third, fourth line center of a guy that, oh, yeah, I've heard of him before. Um, you like know, another I, Riley Sheehan. Like another Riley Sheehan, yeah. Maybe, you know, like that. You know, I don't know if we're going to get into that Cullen rumor. I don't know if that would be considered a major trade. Uh, but perhaps to a point where you've got to make you've got to move some big pieces around, whether those be draft picks, because he's got plenty of them over the next two years. Uh, a current player on the roster, which is difficult to squeeze because you have to not only replace that, but enhance it based on what you bring in or some of the depth that you have in the minors, perhaps a guy like Daniel Sprung, which people have been talking about lately as well. So I think he's, he's, he's opening it up. He, I don't think he's limiting his, his, his view on it. And so for me, when I hear major trade from Jim Rutherford, he's made quite a number of major trades uh, so far, but you know, when I hear that word coming out of his mouth, that it's it's going to be a little bit more of an upgrade than you know just a Riley Sheehan type of trade, something like that. What's what's your perception there? No, yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. I think it's for me to consider a trade major. It's probably involving um, a prospect. I mean, really, that that's what I think because. If you're if you're trading a guy on the on the roster or a guy that you're icing every night now, um, who who I mean, there's not a lot of there's <laughs> the guys the Penguins would realistically trade wouldn't shock me if the Penguins traded them, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not trading uh, uh, obviously Sid or Gino or Latang or Rust or Sherry or anybody like that. Um, you could see a guy like a like Hagelin being part of a trade. I don't mm-hmm. know if they get anything out of Ryan Reeves at this point. Uh, so I think the major thing would be like, yeah, they would send a prospect who's close to like Daniel Sprong, uh, close to potentially being a NHL player uh, for something in return. I think that's what would make it major for me. But I agree, it w- the return would also have to be well <laughs> if. Th- you could trade Daniel Sprung for a poor return, and I suppose that would still be major. It would be major in kind of a different sense, but you would right. hope you'd get something significant back. Um, as far as who that would be, I, you know, I, I think they still need a third-line center. I, I, I do. I think Riley Sheehan is a, is a good fourth-line center. I think for this team, he's not good enough to be the third-line center or at least fill the role that has been filled by Nick Benino. Um, and made the team so incredibly hard to match up against. Like, mm-hmm. as constituted right now, like the, the Penguins going to the playoffs, they're not going to be a – they're going to be a lot like every other playoff team in that they have two powerful lines that you need to match up against, you know? Right. The Penguins have had three powerful lines the past two years, and in 09 they had three powerful – lines and that's what made them impossible to match up against so that that's that's the key i think you got to get somebody better and i I don't know who it is um i i really don't i mean i've heard like ryan nugent hopkins name bandied about from time to time um i know we have on the dock we have ottawa basically part of a fire sale right Mm now um they want to trade matt duchene maybe that you know, maybe hey, got there. You want to trade? Why not? It's not working. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I don't know who it would be, but that that's that's what I would go for. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's going to have to be and that's how Jim Rutherford is, is looking at this is saying we're in this to win Stanley Cups now yeah. because we have players that are in the primes of their careers. Jim Rutherford is solely in this for the short term to win cups because we all know he doesn't have the longest, uh, you know, we, we say that every year, but we never know when he's going to call it quits. And, <laughs> uh, but you know, so, but keeping that in mind, you know, you have a guy like a, a Daniel Sprong that a lot of people wonder he's putting up good numbers at Wilkes-Barre, 
mostly on the power play, why they haven't given him a chance, brought him up yet. Uh, maybe they're giving some of these other guys a chance to give them some NHL minutes to so scouts can see uh, if a guy like a Dominic Simone is NHL ready uh, to be part he of a plug good, and play. He in my opinion, man. He did, yeah. They they played him a little bit uh, with Sid on the top line there, and uh, can him up the you know that line put up some opportunities and things like that. I was I, w- I was nervous with the call up at first, but yeah, that was uh, that that was so far so good in the short time we've seen him. Yeah, he can handle the puck and he can get it on net. I uh, I, I liked and like you said, the short little time we've gotten to see him. I think he's been impressive. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, maybe that's that's part of the play in it as well. So, yeah, let's kind of just there's a lot of these topics we have just kind of overlap with each other. Um, you mentioned you don't know who it would be, and that's the biggest you know question out there. What's going on? Uh, there's some rumors surrounding Matt Cullen. Uh, Leah wrote a great piece on the Pens blog called Operation Bring Dad Home. So I, I encourage I've you to seen, check that I've out. Seen, yeah, the Bring Dad Home tweets. Is there mm-hmm. any legitimacy to it though, other than Penguin fans want it? Yeah, there there is, and it's coming out of you know it is it's coming out of Minnesota because uh, it doesn't seem like he's fitting in all that well with their style with uh, with good old Bruce uh, Boudreaux he's been a and what he's doing a few times, right? He has. He's been a healthy scratch a couple times. They're not using him on the penalty kill. Uh, he's um, you know his, his minutes are down, so it's not it hasn't been it hasn't been great. And uh, and in in Leah's article, which I pointed out there, you know she points out some good things too about. Perhaps you know, perhaps why there's some things going on. He's not having a great season at all. It's, it's currently at his worst ever Corsi four percentage. Uh, his shooting percentage is way down. Uh, it's just not going well. Uh, she points out that his numbers versus you know when he's in the Western Conference have not been good. You know, really historically, and his better seasons are when he's in the East. Maybe it has something to do with that, or maybe it, yeah, his. Maybe it's just his time is up, and he pushed it one more season than he probably should have. Uh, it's it's a big question mark of whether or not Matt Cullen is could come back in this in this organization in this system. Uh, I'm sure he'd be playing better than he is now, but would he pick up to the level where he where he was last year, the year before that? You know, are the troubles Minnesota related or are they Matt Cullen related? So there's been some some rumors. It's strictly rumors. Of stuff like that, just based on the ice time and his play, uh, but the numbers are down, so I, I don't I don't rule it out. I know Jim Rutherford loves Matt Cullen, and he was really really sad to see him go. So it's out there. Um, well, he's a locker room guy, Dan. He is a locker room guy, I don't know if of you course. Knew that about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would still consider even even knowing some of those numbers that I just rattled off to you, you'd still consider that an upgrade from where the Penguins stand right now. Uh, yeah, well, that all depends on, like you said, what's the problem? Is it Minnesota-related or is it Matt Cullen-related? And I haven't watched, I think the only time I've seen Matt Cullen, I think, no, I think I've, I saw him against the Penguins, and then I think I saw one other Minnesota game. I probably watched a period uh, at some point. I've really not watched him at all, so I don't know how to describe his play at all. Um so it's yeah. I mean, you would think he's only how many three months of hockey removed from being a Pittsburgh Penguin. You'd think mm-hmm. it's it would be hard for your play to decline that drastically, right? You probably still have yeah. some talent from the previous year. Yeah. Um. So I guess I would think he could come here and be more productive than he is in Minnesota. Uh, But, you know, if you get him, I still wonder then, okay, do the Penguins have a third-line center? I might still think, okay, well, then the Penguins just have two fourth-line centers. Yeah, right. And then the good thing about Matt Cullen is he showed versatility. He could take big face-offs when they needed him. He could also move up and play on the wing at times when they needed him to. Um, Mm -hmm. That that was more few and far between. But um, if I could choose i would probably go for somebody that has a little bit more and when i mean a little bit more i mean a little bit more than a little bit more scoring punch than matt cullen is probably going to give you yeah so that's the big thing out there is that jim rutherford really has to think he'd have to think with his head and not his heart in a situation like that how much it would benefit this team and what he would have to give up maybe he would trade riley sheehan for matt cullen would you take it i would take that okay yeah, it's a, 
again, still on the earlier stages of a, of a rumor, but it's out there for some, you know, there's some logic to the reasons behind sure, it right now. Sure, I would just be afraid to to uh, mortgage too much of the future for a guy that's clearly, you know, this like is this his is, last season. This is his last season, right? So you you are you're basically you know you, you we use the term rental player. This is. Uh, this is at the end of the lease. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're <laughs> you know giving up I mean? a draft pick, it better not be a one or a two. Uh, Which makes you worried, yeah, because for what Ryan Reeves costs, you don't know what Matt Cullen would cost you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're uh, if you're giving up a a player in return, it better not be Daniel Sprong. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. That's there's definitely intrigue there, but that's a that's a little trickier to probably figure out. It one it definitely is. It definitely is um, something where there's a little bit more. Uh, legitimacy to that were some of the names that are going around is yeah the potential fire sale that's happening in Ottawa with the uh, extremely poor season that the Senators have uh, have had so far. You mentioned they they traded for Matt Duchesne. That's not working out the way they thought it would. You know this team was <laughs> seconds and one goal away from reaching the Stanley Cup final, and now they're at the bottom at the basement of the Eastern Conference. Well- the, the the key is not fire it's not <clears throat> not fire sale players it's fire Guy Boucher everywhere he goes the one three one works for the first year and then the team falls apart and if they trade away try and get rid of all their assets that's stupid they should just hire they should fire their coach is what they should yeah do. yeah you you almost expect that uh, to happen first but uh, you know the general manager. Uh, there is uh, definitely definitely making uh, some some headlines in that he's requested ten team node trade lists from a number of players that have them, including forwards Bobby Ryan, Mike Hoffman, Derek Brassard, defenseman Dion Phaneuf, and that's actually there's actually two defensemen. Who is the other defenseman in there? I have it on our list over here. Cody Cece. Yeah. Oh boy, Staggy would love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and their captain, El Capitan, superstar Eric Carlson. Now, of course, asking for your no trade list doesn't mean anything about assuring that any of those gentlemen will be traded. No. Um, However, it's worth considering it's it's worth noting at least in the Carlson camp that that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility because he made some headlines uh earlier this this summer where he was talking about when he hits the free agent market yeah, in after the 2018-19. Is it after this year? After one more year, one after more year? 28 he's got one more year. So after 2018-19 uh, he already made mention uh, a couple of weeks back that says when I get when I get to go to market, I'm going to go and get what I'm worth. It's going to be no less, no matter where I'm going. Well, that's not going to be in <laughs> Ottawa. Okay, yeah, you know, he followed up with, "Oh, I like it here, comfortable here. I vested all my time here. It's something I'd like to see go all the way through." But the guy needs paid. He's currently averaging six point five million on a, a salary where he, you know, he deserves way more in. He seems like a guy where, yeah, he's not really worried about, you know, competition and winning and trying to win a Stanley Cup. And you think a guy like that would for how close they've come, but yet still never really got where he would uh, like them to get. Uh, but he's going to be seeking something like that potentially. Uh, they tried to, you know, trade for Matt Duchesne, bring him in to get things stirring up there in Ottawa. But clearly it hasn't worked out. Did they mention so. Duchesne at all? I haven't heard, no, I haven't heard Duchesne being mentioned as a, as another potential guy to to trade out um, of Ottawa, which is odd because I figured he would. So I haven't seen anything quite on there yet. So we'll have to keep a pulse. I would imagine that he would be still out there for teams if he if they're throwing these other guys in their names around. So um, it'll be interesting to follow what's what's going on if that's what they have just decided to do. They've had to, they've done this semi rebuild before. With uh, draft picks and, and and things like that, that's that's eventually worked out for them. So whether or not they go that route again will be interesting. But um, yeah, there's definitely some intriguing names out there that would be uh, you know nice to see them in in black and gold. Any of those guys in particular there that uh, that I listed off that would that you'd like to like to like to see or think that would make sense at least. 
I'd like I'd like a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys sound like <laughs> upgrades to what the Penguins have. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've already talked about the defense core for the Penguins and that how that whole all the pieces to that puzzle are going to come together confuse me. So it's hard to really factor in any of the D men here. And I guess since my brain is you know focused on bottom six scoring depth, I mean yeah, there there are names there that are that could play uh, in a lot of spots on the Penguins lineup. Uh, I mean, well, how 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 would that come together? I have no idea. Um, Pajot can sure as hell put the puck in the net. Um, he would be a, a monumental upgrade over uh, whoever else the Penguins have. Uh, down the middle so yeah I mean all intriguing names for sure um I, I I don't know the contract statuses of those guys and how that would fit in in the cap and then what they would be asking for in return but um I suppose another situation kind of similar to what we mentioned earlier is that I uh, Ottawa's putting it out there that they're desperate to get rid of players apparently yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, Pajot, another guy, you know, being mentioned as a, a, a possibility to, to move a guy that you mentioned there would be a good idea. Uh, Sam Warner from our buddy from the Post Gazette actually listed him in his uh, most recent mailbag as a guy that would probably make the most sense for them to try to go after. Um, but it would, it, it would cost a lot. Sam points out that, you know, he's just under 25 and under contract as a, at a reasonable cap hit at 3.1 million until 2020. Yeah. Uh, those are all very nice, but you know, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he'd be a great third line center role. You'd be able to move Sheehan that, down to the fourth line center. Yeah. And that's one um, I think you could justify a prospect for, you know? Yeah. And then there, yeah, that maybe that's where, you know, if that's what Ottawa's trying to do, you're, you're negotiating with a team like that, then maybe, uh, a guy like uh, Dominic Simone or Daniel Sprong yeah, and throw in some Ryan picks. Reeves. Why not? Yeah, whatever they want, you know. And some some picks might be something that they're willing to listen to. But if you gotta, you might have to get a little more more aggressive on a guy like that. Uh, the Ottawa GM said that he sp- in the last. I saw this. I think from Bob McKenzie or somebody that. He's spoken to 26 to 28 general managers in the last few days. Oh, <laughs> so the phone calls are coming in when you when the number when the names are being thrown out as they are in Ottawa. So well, yeah, you that's... say Eric Carlson, everyone in the league's calling. Yeah, you, you got to at least call, <laughs> right? You got to freaking call. Pick up the phone. Um, you think Eric Carlson would? He'd put. You know, I think the Penguins would probably be on his okay list to go to. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't oh think he did. Vo- imagine he did void. Carlson and Latang on the same blue line. Oh, Snipe City, baby. Jesus. Um, but actually, I'd like if if Carlson's not coming to Pittsburgh, put, put him in the West. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Put him in the West. We don't need. Yeah, we don't need any of that. Um, but yeah, some interesting names being thrown around right now. Yeah, uh, definitely somebody to keep an eye on of what's going on in Ottawa because they seem to just be trying to blow it up again, perhaps because. They haven't been able to fire around. Yeah, fire the coach. That's that's usually the easy one to go to with, but apparently they believe it's a bigger problem than that. But um, yeah, the I bigger don't know. problem just... is probably the guys making the hirings and firings. I think so. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting based on those comments of Jim Rutherford. Some of the stuff going on in Ottawa, some other names that could be thrown out there. You're right. This is Jim Rutherford's kind of wheelhouse time, making the deals before, early before the deadline. December, January is where he really likes to be active, and I think we're going to learn a lot. He's going to learn a lot over the next couple of games, maybe two weeks here, where if if he's not starting to see it turn around and get on a, a, a straight and narrow path here, he's going to start making these calls for some of these guys that, that are being thrown out and, and chopped around. So it's uh, it's an interesting time right now to, to try to keep pulse of all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, and now here's a way we can segue into another topic, uh, but still kind of utilize what we were just talking about. Do you think there's any chance that this extended – play for Tristan Jari may be a showcase for him to be a trade chip. That's an interesting point. Um, you know, I would surely hope not mm-hmm. because he, yeah, he has been, he has been really good. He's, he's proved that he's ready at least to be a backup in the NHL and with a little bit more time, but, you know, definitely a starter for somebody somewhere. Um, 
I don't know if he's reached his, I don't know if he's at his highest peak, his highest selling point yet. Yeah, he's essentially a very highly touted prospect. Yeah, in a way, still, you know, still a highly touted prospect. Uh, in his time um, with the Penguins so far, he's put, posted some good numbers. Uh, some of the goals haven't been his fault, but he's still still a young guy. And so I don't know if he's reached his highest selling point yet. And I think you'd maybe see more, maybe something more along the lines of that in the off season, mm-hmm. where the Penguins can make a trade. Uh, to move Tristan Jari somewhere else, get some big pieces in return, and also sign a veteran backup goaltender. Um, I don't know if they necessarily want to trade for one in return somewhere along the way as well, because they would, that's what they would absolutely have to do. Casey DeSmith is not ready for that, right. in my opinion. Um, so I, I think I think maybe you 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 put him out there some more. You you, you keep raising his value, and perhaps this summer. You answer the phone when some teams are calling, get some big pieces back, and then you can go ahead and sign your veteran backup goaltender to to be play behind Matt Murray. So, uh, you know he's been he's been really good so far in a small sample size, and uh, you know it looks like we're going to be able to get to see him uh, more throughout the season. I think he's you know solidified the backup goaltender role that he can handle it. Yeah, I've been really impressed. I don't I don't think that this is going to work out to be a showcase for him to be traded. Um, I I still I still think the Penguins might go the veteran backup route though uh, at the latest by the trade trade deadline. Um, okay. I while he has been impressive, I don't know that he. I don't know. There's anything that I don't know that there's anything he can do this year to make the organization feel good enough about him to say, yeah, he is a Stanley Cup contending backup goaltender. Um, And maybe I'm biased because of watching Murray and Flurry together, and that was just so strong. Um, Sure. Yeah, I just wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins still went that route at some point to bring in a veteran. Uh, That said... I think Jari's been really, really good. Uh, he obviously got pulled in the one game. I'm, I don't think that all of that was his fault. Uh, sometimes that was Toronto, right? He got he got yanked after the first. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know that goaltenders get yanked for a lot of different reasons, and I, I, um, I, I agreed with it, and I also thought this definitely was not all on him. Uh, the 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 team as a whole did not come out well to to start that game. Um. So, you know, he's had a, a few hiccups in, in this stretch of play, but overall, I mean, geez, oh man, he's he's uh stopped close to ninety three percent of the shots thrown his way. Um he's had some really highlight reel athletic stops that he's made. Um he's pretty much shown he can do it all, and he's obviously not to the point of a Matt Murray or a Mark Marc Andre Fleury in terms of experience yet. Uh, but everything that he's showcased so far suggests that he could be a pretty darn good goaltender long term. Yeah, two point four four goals against in the makeup duty, replacing Matt Murray. Include or um, yeah, yeah, re- replacing Matt Murray. Murray since his injury against in the Philadelphia game uh, in starts specifically in starts. If you take away that uh, you know mop up duty in Philadelphia, two point two six goals against. Uh, you know the team went four two and zero. During those games as well, so you know the the good numbers are there. Unfortunately, the team wasn't playing uh, good enough around him. But yeah, he's he's made some really good saves, and I think in some more time. Again, that's the problem. He's only going to get it better with time. Is the time better suited in Wilkesbury, right. or is it going to be playing on alternate nights of back to backs moving forward? Right. Uh, this isn't going to be a situation where it's you know Matt Murray, Mark Andre Fleury. It's you know figure out oh, who do I want to play tonight, and and, and who's going to get stretches like that. Uh, Mike Sullivan liked doing that last year, but in the year prior, but um, you don't have that. I don't think you had, you had that luxury, especially where the Penguins are now at this point in the season. Uh, you you want to get Jar- Jari starts, but you know, is it the best thing for the team right now? Is a, is a hard thing to say. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe a, a veteran backup goaltender is is the way to go, and so he can continue to play more in Wilkes-Barre, and then. Perhaps next year he'd be, he'd be a little bit more ready 
uh, for the NHL backup duty, and eventually, uh, you know, I think he, I think he'll be a starter in this league somewhere. I really do th- do think he will. It's just a matter of time and uh, what the Penguins want to do for him. So there's a lot of guys uh, in that you know that they keep an eye on in that system. And you know, Tristan Jari's been a guy that we've been keeping an eye on for a while now. Um, to whether or not he's going to be able to live up to those expectations. Um, but he's been good. I don't know. Uh, you know, the question I posted here is Matt Murray's return going to be the spark that the Penguins need. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that it will be because I don't think the problem has been goaltending. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's been the play surrounding it. So as great as it is, it hasn't been as big of a concern as we thought it might be. We went through the schedule when Matt Murray got hurt and said, okay, here's what you're looking at. You've got Tristan Jari for all these games, maybe Casey DeSmith for once in a back-to-back. You've got some easier opponents uh, to face, and if it's on the lower end of the spectrum, then uh, you, you should be fine. That's exactly what you got, and some highlight reel saves along the way. So I don't think Matt Murray is the answer. It will be great to have him back, but uh, yeah, what do you do with Jari moving forward is going to be uh, another question that Jim Rutherford has to answer. I think probably not in the near future, but at some point in the more distant future, he is going to be a very valuable trade chip for the Penguins. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. He will. Um, <clears throat> and I agree with you. I don't think Matt Murray is going to be any type of spark for the Penguins. I think he'll come back. He'll play solid in net as he normally does. And the the big question will be five-on-five five scoring, special mm-hmm. teams, bottom six production, all the same things that we've been talking about already. So it'll be nice to have him back, but it's that's not the biggest that's not the biggest factor. For sure, for sure. Speaking, I mean, and speaking of bottom six production, it kind of leads into our uh, other topic here. That's again kind of been mixed and matched with everything that we're talking about here. Is now with uh, Tommy Kunak, Tommy Kunak, Tommy being injured. Tommy Knuckles, it looked like it wasn't going to be maybe as big deal as it was uh, at first, but now it looks like he's set to miss some time. Uh, we talked about Dominic Simone already in the short sample size we've seen of him. The Penguins have been, you know, trying different things, different players uh, from Wilkes-Barre to, to plug in the reasoning behind it, uh, who's been the best to see so far. Uh, what do you think just overall of the depth in terms of forwards available from Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, right now? Again, we talked about Daniel Sprong. They haven't touched him, even though he leads that team in points. Um, we've seen some other you know guys and names being tossed around as well. But uh, not only in terms of being tra- you know trade prospects, we hit that a little bit already, but in terms of being trade bait besides Daniel Sprong, uh, what do you think of that depth there? And are you okay where here we are again in a situation where a Penguins forward gets it gets injured and you've got guys to bring up? You're not bringing up Brian Rust anymore. You're not bringing up Connor Sherry anymore. Those guys are right. on this roster. That's how they once started. But now, are you are you comfortable with where the forward depth position lies? We've seen it a, a lot of it in defense already this year but how about the forward position that's something we haven't focused on too much from Wilkes-Barre I'm not confident right now I think they have some nice pieces there and all obviously it always depends on you know what types of moves are made and who potentially gets dealt but I like the some of the forwards there uh, maybe in the next year or two right now I don't think they have those type of guys that are that have been seasoned enough I guess, in the minors. You know, those guys you mentioned, Russ Sherry, uh, Kunakle, I mean, they, they had a significant amount of time in Wilkes-Barre before they were called up. Daniel Sprong is in his first season in the AHL, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not comfortable with them right now. I think I will be comfortable with them in the future, um, which is why I really think that the shakeup or whatever type of additions are going to be made uh, to the bottom six, it's not. It's not an internal fix this year. It's just. It's not. It's not going to be something internal. The Penguins are going to have to make trades to improve. I think you're right. And you know, what if somebody else goes down? Then what? You know what I mean? It, that stuff happens. We we know that then that stuff happens. Then it gets happens. worse, Dan. <laughs> then it gets worse. You have guys, uh, John Sebastian Day, uh, who we saw a little bit. Oh, Dea. In, yeah, Dea. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, Hideaway. You know, the proud of Mount Lebanon. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's put up good numbers down there. 
uh, Ryan Haggerty, please pick up a blue courtesy phone. Well, we need to find you. Um, 13 games played, nine goals, four assists, uh, averaging a point per game right now. Uh, Haggerty is down at Wilkes-Barre, so um, he's put up some solid numbers so far in just a, a small sample size down there as well. But yeah, guys like Zach Aston, Reese, is just not ready at this point yet. You know, Tommy Cicito, you're not calling him up anymore. You have <laughs> Ryan Reeves is on the roster. You don't, you know, he's not going to give you the point production you need. You don't need just fourth, you know, third and fourth line depth. You need guys that can score down there as well. And, uh, you know, Dominique Simone, maybe with a little bit more gameplay here over the next couple of games, looks like he's going to get that chance. Maybe he'll be able to do that. You know, he's been racking up the assists in Wilkes-Barre, uh, tied for the team lead down there um and assists so far so yeah not not i'm not extremely comfortable enough with it to move forward as as the team is built right now uh, because you're going to have injuries and they're already having the problems scoring from those roles and you can't just plug and play guys i don't think from wilkesbury for extended periods of time and expect to get the same production which because the production has been shit as of right now so again it all just kind of leads to what do you have down there that's worth hanging on to? And what do you have down there that's worth maybe moving some pieces away? That's kind of been, you know, the general discussion here where, you know, I don't think we're overreacting, Chris. I don't think we are. I don't think Jim Rutherford is. Maybe he shouldn't have spoken about it. But at this point in the season, I don't think it's an overreaction to really talk about it as much as we have about a move that needs to be made. What can you get and what can you, what, what are you, can you afford to move right now? Because, um, Again, you're at that point of the season, and things are going to get difficult. You've got some difficult games coming up the uh, later portions of December and, and heading into January, and then you really got to be playing better hockey then. No, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's too early to talk about this stuff. <clears throat> I, I also don't think that um, we're panicking or saying the Penguins are you know, not going to make the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, right. I, I think we fully understand that the Penguins are still a good hockey team, but to be mm-hmm. great uh, and match any type of – get even close to the type of standard that they set the last two years, they, they are missing some pieces. Um, and based on the way Jim Rutherford operates, this is a popular time for him to start making deals, and he's been very candid about the fact that he likes to make deals – earlier in the season so that players get time to mesh um, so that they are, you know, fully on board and ready to go come the playoffs. So he doesn't like to use that post-deadline playoff push stretch to try and, you know, acclimate a player to the system and the lineup and everything. And I, I agree with that. So, um, yeah, time will tell. And to hit our last topic, um, you know, by his – own admission i think the upcoming three games this west coast road trip the penguins are going on uh to to vegas arizona and colorado um he's pretty much said these are important games for us to figure out what the next step might be so um vegas has been surprisingly good arizona Mm -hmm. is very bad and colorado despite beating the penguins the other night uh, is not a terribly good hockey team either. So it's a it's a road trip. The Penguins should, I'll say, they should be uh, able to get at least two wins uh, out of these three games, um, if not win all three. Uh, you know, I still don't understand Vegas and how they're doing what they're doing, but um, th- these are all three very, very easily, not well, not easily, but c- conceivably winnable games for the Penguins. Yeah, good on, I can't believe I'm saying this, good on the NHL for adjusting the expansion team system for the way that it has and the way that it's worked out for Vegas because it's nice, it's nice to see a team come in as expansion and not have a 10-year stretch in terms to get up to the playing par level well, for the rest of the league. I still fully expect them to trade away every successful player at, <laughs> at or before the deadline. And they very well hey, may. Hey, James Neal, um, third-line winger, come on down. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take you. Good to have you back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. These games coming up, you've got young team and young team in Arizona, uh, kind of a scrappy team that can out battle you in a lot of ways that we saw earlier this year. But they, you, you can't let them outscore you. You can't do that. And same with Colorado, you just cannot let them outscore you. Um, you know, Vegas is going to have a lot of emotion surrounding it, and you've got 
uh, you know, guys that know Mark Andre Fleury's weaknesses, and Mark Andre Fleury knows the weaknesses and the strengths of the players. A lot of the players that are shooting against him, so. That's going to just be, you know, an emotional, entertaining, fun game to watch and very, you know, strange, to be honest. Um, As for the other two games, for sure, you've got to be able to take care of business and close some things out and do it in a little bit of a, you know, you know, handle it properly the way that you should. Let us go to bed on time. That thank you. Yes, let's go to bed on time. Yeah. Some of these we don't need to be waiting till the goalies pull for Arizona and see if they're going to tie things up uh, or the game's going to be tired and go into overtime and stuff like that. We don't need that. Do everybody a favor. Do it like you did against Buffalo. We need more games like that. So yeah, <laughs> big tests upcoming uh, because then after that, yeah, Columbus coming to town and uh, they are not going to go easy on you. So again, a big time for Jim Rutherford to figure some things out. Uh, what he's going to do. I think he's more likely to trade with a West Coast team because I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference wants to, wants to help the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, regardless of what they get in return. Some general managers may not give a shit, but I think some are like, you know what? Your time is up. We don't need to help you anymore because we know what you can do. Um, well, unless you throw a name like Daniel Sprong out there, then maybe they decide to listen. Well, yeah, so. just poach our younger talent so that you know <clears throat> eventually the end is near. And then you'll be on top while we'll be rebuilding. Casperi Kapanen, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. How's he we'll, doing? We'll in wait Toronto for that one. Year? We'll wait that that one, Toronto. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, he, he's going to need. He he. I don't. He wasn't ready to play. Um, I don't think he's played a ton of well, NHL a couple, minutes, but didn't he have a one or two big goals in the playoffs last year? Just randomly, he like jumped out of nowhere, or maybe maybe I think in he the did. playoff push. I, I remember seeing I him a couple times, and it was impre- I was impressed. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. he's actually really good. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Toronto's been um, Toronto's been interesting. Frederick Anderson is phenomenal uh, this year. He's just facing a ton of shots, too, and obviously you saw that Saturday night. But Yeah, it's not going to work um, out well for him yeah. long term. <laughs> they can't sustain that. that. Their back end is not good. Yeah, it's not good at all. He can't, he can't face 40 to 45 shots a night. Uh, but, yeah, a very interesting week. Upcoming for the Penguins. Uh, hope that everybody can uh, stay up and watch with us as we'll be doing so. But it'd be nice to, yeah, a couple minutes left in the game, be able to turn it off and uh, hit the sheets, if you will, yeah. to, to, to to get a little bit of sleep on the West Coast road trip. So uh, interesting time of year, but we need this team to play better. They need, you know, they need this team to play better, no doubt about it. And it's all going to be surrounding, uh, you know, some of the things that Jim Rutherford says. Uh, already going to be an emotional enough week with Vegas Thursday night, but... Um, all we can do is wait and see, my friend. I have a strange feeling that game is going to go into a shootout. Oh, boy. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Oh, and that's the latest one, too. Murray, Flurry, shootout. <sighs> That'd be kind of special. Yeah. Hey, we get, we, we, they'd be getting a point out of it, so I gotta, I'll sign for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to look Hey, you at. know who they else they could bring back? How about Tyler Kennedy? I don't know why. Why? I sort of didn't really have dinner with him the other night. It was it was it was very were nice. You guys like in the same him. restaurant or something? We were we were two tables apart. Yes. Wow. Same restaurant ever in the uh, in 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 the Bravo. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shout out. The Bravo in uh, the Galleria down here in Mount Lebanon. Very nice. Um, he was there with uh, the wife and the little one. You were enjoying a very lovely meal. And you, uh, and you were had, staring at him the whole time. And I was staring at him the, the entire time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, he's around in the area. Good to good to see him. That just reminds you of one of those old depth wingers, uh, what uh, they used to have. I almost did the uh, Mister Kennedy. Um, I, I wanted to do it, but I just sat there and <laughs> you ate my should meal. Have done it on the way because then you were you were heading out anyway. You know, I'm heading out anyways. It's been fine. It's been fine. So, <laughs> well, uh, well, shouts out to him. You know, shouts to out tell to him. Uh, GMJR that he's uh, available if if needed. Just maybe go a little bit easier on the you know the pasta and the breads and stuff like that. But other than that, he'll get back in shape. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, as we mentioned before, make sure to follow us on social media. Dan's on Twitter at SteelCityDan22. I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. Make sure that you subscribe. Uh, look up the Pens blog on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, again, thank you to Rum Runners saloon for sponsoring this episode and uh i've got nothing more to say dan i've got nothing else uh everybody uh grab yourself a late night coffee enjoy some west coast uh hockey with us this week in particular thursday um tis the holiday season so just stay up wrap gifts 
have a little hot cocoa there. Throw a little Bailey's in it. Do whatever you need to do. Um, and we'll try this again next week. When you do stuff like that, I'm like, you're like the Bob <laughs> Airy of podcasting. <laughs> hey, uh, one last question. Speaking of that, where's Nathan McKinnon from again? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. Like, how have we not exhausted that by now? Honestly, and the Penn's blog recap was phenomenal from that game. Well, they, every time they mentioned Sidney Crosby or Nathan McKinnon, yeah. that they, you know, the Cole Harbor was right in front of their names every yeah. time. Yeah, that's we get it, everybody. We know. Oh my goodness! All right, well, looking forward to watching that hockey uh, this week, and we'll, we will be back um, next week with another episode. Uh, but until then, enjoy the week, and we will talk to Yins later. <laughs>